Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Welcome to Life Point. I'm Pastor Tom Doherty, and today filling in for me is Pastor Gary Moore, and he is the host of Life Point Plus every Friday former associate of mine at Cloverdale Church of God. So I hope you enjoy this great day with Pastor Gary Moore. This is Gary Moore, and I want to welcome you to LifePoint. As you know, I've been filling in for Pastor Tom this week as he continues his well-earned sabbatical. Well, this week we're spending our time looking at Ephesians 5. As we closed yesterday's program, We were talking about how Paul used agape love in commanding husbands to love their wives. That this is selfless, unconditional love that cannot be earned, nor is it deserved. It is a love that is self-sacrificial and other-oriented. It turns the focus away from the self and on to the other. It is a love that seeks the other person's good, It is a submissive love. This love is patterned after Jesus, who selflessly laid down his life for us all. Paul used the image of crucifixion as the portrait of agape love. He was challenging cultural stereotypes of masculinity in his day. Stereotypes that say what defines you as a man is your ability to be in control, to lead with authority, and to be the embodiment of strength and power. What needs to change to reflect the same selfless love that Jesus showed to us on the cross? In the next five verses, Paul shows the husbands exactly what this looks like in the marriage relationship. Verses 26 and 27. He did this to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this selfless love for the church, he saved her, redeemed her, purified her, forgave her, and set her free. Did you notice anything unique about the list of activities that Paul mentions? Let me highlight the words for you. Cleansing, washing, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish. And later, in verse 29, he uses the words feeding and nourishing. What do these words remind you of? Well, they might suggest women's work in the household. Jesus is the model for the husband. And we get the image of Jesus giving his bride a bath and taking responsibility for providing bridal clothes that are treated for stains, laundered, and ironed, all of which are metaphors for sanctification. Well, why does Paul do this? Scholars have pointed out that in Paul's culture, there were explicit ideas and stereotypes about how men worked in the public sphere and women in the domestic sphere, far more than we see in today's culture. It's no accident that Paul uses the words he did. To be sure, the actions that Paul was calling men to would have come across as demeaning and condescending to the superior male in the relationship. But they are grounded in the example we see in Christ and what he does for his church 
which is his body. Paul isn't calling for a reversal of roles and responsibilities, but rather he is calling men to imitate Christ in his low status and servanthood, to lay down their male privilege in the home and meet their wives where they are and serve them. The vision Paul has for marriage is not one where the wife is now in control, but instead it is one where the husband and wife are servants of each other. Verses 28 through 30. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. In the same way that we have witnessed the selfless love of Christ, husbands are called to embody that same selfless love toward their wives. Furthermore, they are to selfishly love their wives as their own bodies. Paul is saying to the husbands, The two of you are one body. She is not an object. She is you. Essentially, Paul is saying, The more you love and submit to your wife, the happier you and your marriage will be. She is a part of who you are. Paul then shows us what it looks like to love your own body, which includes nourishing and cherishing it. Just like the rest of the metaphor in our passage, this image is grounded in Christ and his relationship to the church. Jesus nourishes and cherishes his body, for we are one with him. We are all members of Christ's body, and we experience the fullness of him as he cares for us as his own body. Verses 31 and 32. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ in the church. Paul reaches back to Genesis 2.24 to show yet another layer to the oneness and unity between the husband and wife. Both the husband and wife leave their families of origin to join to each other to form a new family unit. This is definitely a design statement, because at the time these words were given to Adam and Eve, they were the only humans on earth. There was no one for them to leave so they could cleave. And Paul says, This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. The mystery Paul speaks of is in the unity of Christ and his church, which finds its meaning in the Genesis quotation. Philippians 2, verses 6 through 8, showcases this profound mystery. Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Paul is pointing to this and saying, that is what marriage is all about. The responsibility for the husband echoes the selfless action of Jesus Christ. But more than that, 
Marriage is meant to be redemptive. It is meant to be a tangible image of Christ to the world. Your love story exists to point people to the greatest love story ever told. Our marriages are portraits of God to the world. When people see the mutual selfless submission and love in our marriages, they can see Jesus and his scandalous love for them. Then Paul concludes the passage with this summary verse. Verse 33. However, each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Here Paul concludes this section and brings it full circle. It is interesting that Paul does not repeat his call for wives to submit, nor does he speak of the husbands as the head. He repeats the command for the husbands to selflessly love his wife as he loves himself, and he speaks of the wife's respect for her husband, which is drawn from the call for all believers to submit to one another out of respect, out of reverence for Christ. The application of this passage is very basic, and its message is very practical. When we look at the marriage between Christ and the church, the secret ingredient is selflessness. It is selfless love. In the same way, the key to healthy marriages is selfless submission. The poison that will kill our marriages is selfishness. Remember, the opposite of selfless submission is selfishness. And it really is that simple. But that doesn't mean it is easy. Selfishness is something married couples have to deal with continually. It's not always easy to put the other person first, and neither do we always want to. For most any marriage struggle, whether that be a misunderstanding, an argument, or disagreement, a time of unfaithfulness or rejection, we can find selfishness of some kind lying at the root beneath the surface. So a question for all of us is, is there a selfishness within me that I need to repent of? Many Christians believe that Paul used marriage to illustrate the close relationship between Christ and the church. But really, it is the other way around. The unity between Jesus Christ and his church is a profound model for the union of marriage. As followers of Jesus, both husbands and wives should be building unity, nurture, love, and respect in their marriages. Jesus wants to meet us where we are and use our marriages to reflect himself to the world. May our marriages shine the light of Jesus in our communities. Well, as I close our program today, I want to let you know that I'm going to be leading a couples conference September 15th and 16th at Cloverdale Church of God. The Friday night session starts at 7 p.m., and the Saturday morning sessions go from 9 a.m. till approximately 1 p.m. This conference is open to everyone, both marrieds and singles. For additional information, send me an email to pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. I look forward to having you join me tomorrow morning for my program, LifePoint Plus. 
Have a great rest of your day. God bless. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.